Welcome everyone to the Fresh Off The Screen podcast. This is your weekly podcast where two siblings get together to talk about all things relating to film, television, sometimes music, and a sprinkle of video games. If you want to support the show, please follow, subscribe, comment, rate, and all that social media mumbo jumbo. We also have our social media channels in the description below. I'm one of your co-hosts, Amanda Man, also known as Aman. And on the other end, we have no subscription required for Harvey Plus. What's up, Harvey? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you you kind of do need to subscribe to the podcast. But otherwise, yes, yeah, no other but subscription it's free, required. Though. <laughs> it's, exactly. it is a free it's, it's absolutely free. Exactly. You don't have to put your credit card in. Hello. How are you? I know. I was thinking, like, especially since we will be deep, kind of diving deep into a Basically, the main reason we get a Disney Plus subscription, uh, I thought that would be the perfect way to kind of have a have an intro. <laughs> oh, I, I fully I fully am behind that. There are so many subscriptions now, I've lost track of them, especially because everybody wants to give you a free trial. And I'm like, no, 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 cancel it before it charges you. So I know. I, I, I think so there's, I feel like there's like apps and stuff developed where it keeps track of all your free subscriptions <laughs> and it like lets you know when you need to cancel it or cancel it for you. That is such a good idea. Yeah. But yeah, that is how they make money. But yes, that's a very good idea because I think everybody now is launching their own subscription service, um, just for the heck of it, really. I do um, like to. I do want to point out that how you and I kind of predicted the downfall of of Kiwi or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. We literally predicted that, saying that who will watch it? This is a horrible idea. This will not kick off, and they literally went bankrupt within like not even like a year. Oh my gosh. I yeah, was I'm glad, I'm actually, glad we know stuff. <laughs> I'm glad we know stuff. Exactly. We know this stuff so much, so much useless knowledge. It is good. What I did, exactly. um, did you see this the other day though, that uh, Netflix, just to get people excited for 2021, released a, a video of, of like yeah. 70 plus movies that, they, that, that are coming out in 2021. That exactly. is amazing. Well, not like, even that, never, the cast, The yes, Rock, Leonardo DiCaprio, dude, like, wow. Dude, like, forget all of that. Like, at the end of the day, that these ki- these guys are... They've, they've never said what's in the pipeline. You usually yeah, only find yeah. out a month before that something's come out. The fact that they're doing this, I think they're scared that people are going exactly. to other subscriptions. So Which is gone, good. FYI, Competition is we good. are doing this. <laughs> competition's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no it's... Exactly. Um, I talk about competition. One thing that Netflix can never compete with another show... Is the fact that Disney Plus has Star Wars and The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And this is, so we're going to be talking about season two spoilers. It's literally going to be for 15 minutes. So you're going to hear a spoiler noise right now. So spoilers are activated. Of course, you will know when we're done with the spoilers, we're going to start talking about something else. But you can obviously go into the show notes to know when we stop talking about The Mandalorian. I'll make sure to kind of place it somewhere. So everything is out there now. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian season two. We are pretty excited. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to start off, but <laughs> by simply saying, The Mandalorian has literally become one of my favorite shows of all time. It is beating Game of Thrones. It has Ooh. eclipsed billions. It's eclipsed like all the shows that I view in my brain as being like my favorite shows that I can always look back to. And Mandalorian is just a show that keeps getting, it's like Breaking Bad. It just keeps getting better every season. Mm. And I love it. I, I love it. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait for season three. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it your way first. What are your thoughts about season two before we kind of dive deep? I 
Okay, so so okay. Anybody who's been listening to this knows that I was a, a latecomer to the Mandalorian. I'm a Star Wars fan. I just don't like the plot holes and the entire Star Wars bullshit. But, um, but but after the first little blips in season one, like season two, caught on so quickly, and I did not think to, that I would like the character of Mandalorian that much. Like, for yeah. me, the show is not about the peripherals. This is about the Mandalorian and, you know, uh, Grogu to some extent. And now we can call him that because he's not exactly Yoda. Um, you've got other characters, obviously, like Cara Droon. But for me, the show is entirely about those two. By the end of season one, it's entirely about those two people. And they pull it off so amazingly, especially as one of them is an inanimate object. Yeah. Season two. Season two, I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go, right? Like, it was going, yeah. yeah, I get that they were building up to this guy has, you know, Jedi powers. And all, all I expected in my wildest dreams was that they'll bring some obscure name Jedi who was in one of the comics that nobody knew about, but who didn't die very visibly in the movie. So mm. they could pretend that, you know, that's Which the Jedi. They kind of did as well. Not really obscure, but they did kind of bring in someone that's not really in the I, I movies. <laughs> Which you will no, talk no, about. I, I, I know that. But what, what I'm saying is like, in one corner, when they start talking about Jedi, it's the only Jedi you think of, especially given that this is after the after the trilogy, the main trilogy, the old, like yeah. the, the one where, you know, Luke and Leia and everybody's one. So between episode go, six and episode seven. Seven, exactly. So then the, what you're thinking is, uh, who's the most famous Jedi of the time? Luke, of course, right? Of course. Yeah, who else is it going to be? But no way in my brain did I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna, they, they might bring Luke back. How? Like he's, he's, you know, he's old. Like we love Mark Hamill, of course we do. But you know, yeah. he's old. He can't do this stuff anymore. He can't. How much CGI can they do? Also, yeah. it'll be it'll be a weird pandering to the fans to bring him back, and then Mandalorian will be doing the same thing that we hated the the new trilogy for, you know, episode seven to nine. Yeah, but Mandalorian managed to do it in a way that seemed so organic, so natural. So before so, before we get there, yes. because I know I know I know we both want to jump to that episode. I know right? I before, want to talk about before it before we get there. We well, I just want to talk about like the 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 initial setup, right? Like the, there was a couple of episodes that were interesting. It was kind of like almost like like you were playing Immortal Phoenix Rising, which is a great Ubisoft game, or The Witcher Three, and you know there's always these side missions, right? You're doing side missions to kind of get to the main main place. So the first couple of episodes with Timothy Oliphant, where he plays oh, as man. a marshal who has yeah. the armor set of Boba Fett. Again, there was a cool guard, and he's basically you know like you kind of have a side thing with him. It kind of starts picking up around the third episode mm-hmm. where we're introduced to Bo-Katan. And Bo-Katan is someone that we've seen and we've heard about and talked about in the mm-hmm. Star Wars Clone Wars. But basically Bo-Katan and her group are Mandalorians in a sense, yeah. obviously. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, in the middle. Obviously, we'll get to the part at the end what's happening. Mm-hmm. But like but, just that episode itself where, yeah. But before we go into Bo-Katan and, and her mythology as it were, Episodes one and two, yes, they're like side missions, but one thing that I have to draw the parallel to is season one, is, is episode one with Timothy Oliphant, and they have the big crate dragon. Yeah. For anybody who's read uh, the book Dune, this is so similar to, to the sandworms that they've got. And it yeah. comes back to how much Star, Star Wars in itself was... Uh, was um, it, it, 
it picked up from or it drew its 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 not 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 even knowledge it's its mythology from classic sci-fi books like the dune it's because the moment you see the the crate dragon and the moment you 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 see how they've built it and the fact that they've modeled it off the comics um you start drawing parallels so Mm -hmm. i would say for somebody who's not read it that you have to go read the dune books because it adds such a lovely level of layer to understand where george you know george lucas was being inspired from as it were yeah and I mean, that's a great thing, right? Because uh, Star Wars is a combination of all the cool, like, sci-fi collective of, you know, mm-hmm. different books and, and, and stuff that was coming out at that time. And then George Lucas kind of just kind of putting that together. And you do see the influence with that, yes. which is really, yes. really, really cool. And, like, again, like, I didn't know about the Dune uh, Dune kind of influence until you told me about it. And I was like, I just, I think I just saw a book cover or just, I went and tapped in Dune. Yes. And I immediately yes. saw that worm thing. I'm like, oh, I see. That's so basically they just copied it almost like for like, okay, wow. This is oh, a pretty big influence, I guess. <laughs> and it does have to, and, and, and I have a feeling that part of that also played into the CGI team when they were doing the, the Crate Dragon for Mandalorian. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so, so, so similar. Uh, but going from that to Bo-Katan, now I am not one who's who's watched the animated series, right? I had no clue who Bo-Katan was. Uh-huh. But for me, it, it made sense for me. Like it didn't, all it showed to me was, all right, they're, they're establishing that there's multiple clans, as it were, of Mandalorians across exactly. yeah. this universe. Bo-Katans, and even the Mandalorian, like Din Djarin comes to understand at the end, that it's not like Bo-Katan isn't. A Mandalorian. She's just not the type of Mandalorian that he is, or where he comes. Exactly, from. exactly. And I mean, obviously, the Bo-Katan episode was really good because, first of all, we see that there are other Mandalorians. Obviously, we do see a hint in the first episode of Boba Fett all scarred mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. And I, I believe, uh, Jango Fett, who is Boba Fett's father, the actor mm-hmm. that played Jango Fett in the first movie, is the one that kind of reprised this role as Boba Fett, which kind of makes oh. sense. Which is perfect oh, because amazing. I really like this actor. He was also Aquaman's dad in the Aquaman film. I really like this actor. Uh, oh my I'm, god! I'm I did not even I did not even realize that. Yeah, You're yeah, right. exactly. So I so I love that but they kind of kept that right. And like yeah. so, already it was kind of getting interesting. Then in the third episode with Bo-Katan, we obviously meet. We kind of see Bo-Katan. They start referencing Ashoka Tano, which is again mm. a, a very important Jedi figure in the Clone Wars, who was trained by. Mm. Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> like I, one of the, you know, like it was basically what? she was trained by Darth Vader, <laughs> you know, essentially. Uh, again, like, this is for anyone. Know? Was it from, like the, the animated series, or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So this is all from the animated series. So anyone that's watched Star Wars Clone Wars stuff like that, so that's why automatically, you know, I'm like this was uh, this all the stuff kind of came after the films were done, right? Mm. Uh, the animated stuff and all that. So that's kind of where it was kind of adding, uh, plugging in a few holes, and that's when you get Ashoka Tano, and she's just an amazing character. And just to kind of see, you know, like, obviously she's trained by Anakin. Uh, you know, she's kind of obviously, so it's some point trained by Obi-Wan or really. But, like, obviously she worked with Obi-Wan. And to kind of know where everything is and the fact that she's still alive in this world, she's there, present in this world, in a world where Anakin has done what he's done. Obi-Wan has, you know, passed away. And, like, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, what? How? you know, what's going to happen? And, of course, like, it just keeps building up. Obviously, we meet Ashoka Tano awesome episode with lots of action, lots of craziness. But before that, one thing that you and I talked about briefly before was the episode with Bill Burr, where he just yes. took it away with his acting. I was like a believer of Bill Burr at that point. What an amazing actor. 
I, so I mean, he was the standout in that in that breaking out the out of the jail episode. Yeah. So, um, and and when we let's get, uh, I think once we get to the last two episodes of Sex Season Two, I want to talk about Bill Burr again in a bit more detail. Yeah. But um, the one thing that I think Season Two, and again, I think we've said this before, and I'll say it again: uh, give John Favreau all the awards, give him all the series, give him all the series, I know, give yeah, him yeah, everything. I do not care. Yeah, like give him everything because he handled it so amazingly that people like you who have the backstory were excited by it, and people like me who had none of the backstory were excited by it. Like it yeah. was, it was that good. Like it was just that clear edited that amazingly well that you got the key gist of it all without needing to worry about the fact that, Oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, I haven't seen this. Uh-huh. And, and, and part of that also comes to the part. So the dark, the dark saber, that's what it's called. Right. It, yeah, it's also Moff back Gideon. to the mythology of the dark, the, the dark saber that Moff Gideon has. They, they didn't overwrite it. Yeah, you, exactly. you knew what dark saber was. You already would have known, uh, that you have to win it in battle, and that um, and that's what Bo-Katan wanted to do. But they they explain it so simply and clearly for us yeah. at the end of it. So as we as we go forward, we'll, uh, I'll say, we'll we'll kind of just uh, uh, give the preface because like in the Bo-Katan episode, she basically mm-hmm. kind of reveals to not really fully reveals, but tells the Mandalorian uh, or tells Mando that mm-hmm. you know she wants Moff Gideon. She like Moff Gideon. Obviously, she's gonna be gonna go more into depth like later on. But basically, mm-hmm. she wants to fight Mo- Moff Gideon and exactly. win that that dark saber. Basically, that which will allow her will allow her to be the leader of the Mandalorian people. That's the idea. Yes, right. Of At the same time, right? Yeah. She uh, yeah. So exactly, and she kind of gives. She kind of tells uh, Mando that hey, if you want help with the child, at that time we're still mm-hmm. with the child. You need to go find Ashoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Right, so we go find a Ashoka Tano, amazing episode, already kind of setting up its own spinoff. We can kind of see Rosario Dawson, amazing, and mm-hmm. basically we find out from Ashoka Tano who's able to kind of communicate with the child mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. first of all the child's name is Grogu, and the Gro- Grogu has been trained a little bit at that point, and does have the Force abilities. Obviously, we saw hints of it, but Grogu does have a bit more control than we actually realized. Like he actually knows what to do, and it's he's not. I, I don't think Grogu is a child per se, because they kind of mention it a little bit. Like it's not really a, he's not really a child, but it's still like a, a child in terms of you know, go, Grogu years or whatever it is. Yes, yes. And exactly. So um, I, I'll just keep going on from that point. So what what happens yeah. is after that we're gonna because we're gonna get to like the point that we really want to discuss. Mm. Basically, from there we get to another episode where Grogu is basically taken away from the Mandalore from from Mando. I, I'll refer to a Mando because mm-hmm. I keep messing it up. By the way, it's taken yes. away from Mando, and that's kind of where we get our proper introduction to Boba Fett, who has now made a return, gotten mm-hmm. his armor back from Mando, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. Fennec Shand, who technically Mando had killed or attacked in the first season, but of yes. course she is indebted to Boba Fett, who is mm-hmm. also then in, in turn indebted to Mando. And just that, just, just as me saying this, think about it. Mando plus Boba Fett plus Fennec Shan plus Bo-Katan and the, uh, the, uh, the rest of the Mandalorian. All of them, let's go get, let's get, let's go get Grogu back. Already, I'm like, yes. I'm, I'm in. This is amazing. <laughs> okay, but hold on. Hold on. We have to stop for a second and pay respect to the Mandalorian's ship. Yes, it's yes. taken us through 
two seasons. And yeah. I feel so horrible for the guy because that ship's been through so much. And now it's effectively destroyed to the point of you can't do anything with it. Yeah, no, exactly. No, exactly. So obviously and we are kind of going through this in a more like concise way, but because we yes. do want to talk about the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So before we also, also when we get there, like I think some of the bone chilling aspects of the show were things like the Mandalorian's message to uh, Moff Gideon, which effectively echoed what Moff Gideon said to him in season one, episode nine or 10 or something. Um uh-huh that you have what I want, you don't know why I want it, you know, all of that stuff. And exactly. that, and and watching season one again, which I did because I was feeling the loss of Mandalorian in my life, yeah. I, um, it, it adds such an amazing layer to the whole thing. Like, they have not forgotten anything. They've not forgotten to build in these things. And uh-huh. it comes back to how amazing. But, okay, see, last episode... They are there. Yeah. They are trying to rescue exactly. Grogu. So wait, so just set it up again. What 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 is the main objective of this last episode? What we kind of built up to? The, the last episode, so there's multiple objectives, right? So Mandalorian's main objective is to get Grogu. He doesn't really care about yeah. the Darksaber. He doesn't care about Moff Gideon. He really doesn't care about any of them. He just wants Grogu back. Great. Exactly. Now, Bo-Katan's there to obviously help Mandalorian, but also as a side mission of her own, to make sure that she gets the Darksaber from Moff Gideon in a fight, which is why exactly. she's the one leading the team on the direct area to where Moff Gideon is, which is the, the cockpit, whatever you want to call it, yeah. the main control yeah. room, as it were. And that's why she's leading them there. Now, Moff Gideon knows what's happening because it's Moff Gideon, and he ends up being with Grogu at the time. And that's when we have like a massive fight between him and yes. the Mandalorian. Yeah. Which is okay. Before that, the Mandalorian fight with the with the black uh, robot thingies. What are they called again? Whatever they're called. Yeah, I know. Like, they almost kind of reminded me of that the the robot that Alan Tudyk plays. Or no, yeah, right. Oh, like in, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Crap. I forgot the name, but like, but basically, yes. it's like, yeah, it's like these intense robots that will basically right. destroy anyone. <laughs> they are they are right. scary. The first time you see them, you're like, oh my god, Mandalorian's <laughs> gonna run. But, okay, on a side note, like, why would you put those robots in, in a room which has a direct outlet to the space? I know. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny because all they had to do was press a button and most of the robots went out. But obviously, like, you kind of see that they're able to come back and stuff. And obviously, that part is pretty awesome what happens at the end. But, yeah, it is pretty stupid. I don't know why. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's the weirdest thing ever. But good job, Mando. But they came back. But, yes, okay. Yeah. So, awesome fight with Moff Gideon. Um, and at the result of which is what Mando wins the dark saber from yeah, well, by sort of right by mistake, <laughs> by mistake, like it's not. And also, I I wouldn't put it past Moff Gideon to give up just yeah, exactly. so Mando would be the one to get it, not Bo-Katan, because he's yeah. itching for. So he's itching to get away and he thinks, oh, if Manda gets this, he's going to take me back over there because he's not one to kill a, you know, a man like this. And yeah. Bo-Katan is going to fight him. And in the, in the meanwhile, I can escape. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what he's itching for when they come back. Yeah. And right? I'm going to okay. let you do this last part. Now, now you're going to do the last part <laughs> and, and set it up. Visualize it for everyone. <laughs> How amazing this was for us. <laughs> Okay, okay, can I just start by saying that I'm in I was in my house watching this and I started just yelling at the TV. 
Yeah, <laughs> like all of us, <laughs> trust me, like all of us. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. And I'm just going, no way, no way. It's just, yeah. So we're in the cockpit. There's a fight. They realize that all of those dark robot thingies are flying back because obviously they can fly. And they don't need to, they don't need oxygen to survive in space. So they're coming back and they're trying to break into the cockpit. Now, Bo-Katan didn't fight Mando. Nice of her. Um, mm-hmm. So Moff Gideon's trying to pump everybody up, but then the robots are here and he's very excited. But then you have uh, an X-Wing <laughs> pop out it's of very familiar. <laughs> no, 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 no. As of right now, the first time I saw the X-Wing, I thought, hey, it's those, those, um, Leave the fighters, you know, the ones that... Yeah, the police guys. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The police guys, yeah. exactly. I thought it was one of those people. Oh, great. Somebody's here to help. And then they go, it's just one X-Wing. Um, the X-Wing lands, and suddenly you've got a guy clad in black in a Jedi outfit, very reminiscent mm. of uh, of Luke in... Uh, in What's the last Or just a Jedi in episode six of Star Wars. <laughs> episode six of Star Wars, thank you. Um, when he's breaking into... Um, uh, <laughs> my words he's, are failing me. I know, um, he's, he's breaking into the ship. He's breaking the ship. These robots are coming out of nowhere. No, and, then, and then I'm like... You know, I think both you and I at that point were like, all right, this, this dude is going to get destroyed. But we have a hint. No, we have no, an no. idea who this but, is. No, no, no. But when we go, this dude is a Jedi, great. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And they make it look, and, and, and again, in hindsight, that, that whole thing looks so similar to at the end of Rogue One when Darth Vader is getting through a, a ship full of rebels to yes. get to Leia, who, to get to the one who has the plans. And yeah. he's and this, this Jedi, he or she, is breaking through the robots like they're cheese. And it is bloody amazing. I, I feel like one thing I'm going to bring up is Initially, we were like kind of unsure who this was, but then yes. when the, once the green lightsaber comes out, we're like, oh my God. Okay, but this, is what, this is what I'm saying. No, 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 <laughs> but you went that way. I could not remember who had the green lightsaber. So I'm oh, going, God. it can't be. Oh, In my brain, I'm going, maybe it's him. No, they wouldn't You're like, do oh, that. Oh, is that Qui-Gon Jinn? Is that no. Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> Qui-Gon is Jinn is dead. <laughs> yeah. so- so I'm going, it can't be, it can't be, it can't be. And yeah. then we've got, uh, so he cuts through cheese. And then I think it's Mandalorian who goes, open the door. Yeah. He knows and who comes in first? Who comes in first? <laughs> the best thing. Is, I love that. I love that. The best thing was that, oh, they open the door and you expect a Jedi to walk in. No yeah. problem. You R2-D2 is the first thing to walk Wait, in. I'm like, oh my C-3PO. God. It no, no, no I, it, was, it was R2. It was R2. R2, oh R2, R2-D2. And then, and then uh, the, the crazy thing was obviously it's Luke Skywalker. They did a really good job with the CGI no. because Leo, I, I, Mark Hamill did do the voice, but they did a really good job with the CGI to kind of make him look like what he did right after episode six oh, or God. around that did, time. They did such an amazing job. But the moment, but you're right, the moment C3PO and R2D2 come into frame is when, mm. when you're absolutely sure who the hell it is. And that's when the yelling begins. Like, not in yeah, the show, but, yeah. like, outside the show. In real life, show, yeah. Is we're yes. going, no way did they do this. No way yeah. did they keep this quiet. Because exactly. there's no way. Like, we knew everything. We knew Rosario Dawson was coming back. We knew yeah. uh, Katie Sackoff was going to come in. We knew yeah. all Timothy of that. Oliphant, Bill Burr, How all that stuff we knew. How the hell did they keep this quiet? Yeah. And it's a brilliant moment. And, and I mean, okay, a, the, the main thing was, of course, like, 
he comes to pick up Grogu because he's going to train Grogu. That was the idea. Exactly. And, but you know, it's kind of sad one, for us. <laughs> there, but there's one thing that we haven't spoken about, which is about how much, how much Mandalorian cares about Grogu. Like how much. Yeah. It's like, and this is this is part of like st- the the second to last episode with Bill Burr when they're going in to get the plans and stuff like that. The fact that he's never taken his helmet off in front of people, but the fact yeah. that he does it just so they could get the plans, just so they exactly. can get Grogu to where he needs to go, or they can save him. It's absolutely amazing. Like the whole thing is so amazing. And and Bill Burr, the growth of that character, I really wish they bring him back again in season three. But yeah. it brings it's it it's it's so it's so well done, it's so yeah. well well done. That episode, I think I told you this right after that episode made me cheer for the stormtroopers. Yeah, <laughs> when they came and saved them, like this is this is why the show is playing with our brains so massively. It's because, because it's trying to put us in the middle. It's not trying to make us take no. sides it's, a, it's about us following the Mandalorian and loving him as a character and following him but and also the show is also coming to the point of the original trilogy said this is the right side this is the wrong side mm-hmm. right the the sequel just brought us back to why Anakin did what he did and all of that stuff episode yeah. 7, 8, 9 again are trying to play that game of this is the good that's the bad it doesn't matter that the good can't bloody for the life of themselves manage to manage the galaxy yeah, but yeah. <laughs> this show actually gets to the the crux of that, and it, I don't think it was supposed to do that, but it is. Which is, how do you decide what's good and bad? Who's doing mm-hmm. what? If one one person who you say is bad is going away, you've got enough people to come in and fill the void. And isn't that the consistent message? Somebody mm-hmm. will come in and fill the void because the the good guys can't reach everywhere. Yes. Yeah. It's such a good one, but okay. But let's end with the let's let's get to the crux of. Luke is here; he's here to take Grogu, mm-hmm. and Grogu doesn't want to go because he wants Mando's permission to leave. Yeah, that whole that was, scene. Oh my god, that, that was whole so scene of him touching the touching the, the touching the the mask and him taking it off. Yeah, it they use they didn't need to use words. For us to know that he was saying, I want to see your face. And that guy yeah. taking his mask off to show his face. I know. I've said it and before I, and I'll, I'll say it again. This is what acting is. This yeah. mm-hmm. is what a good director does. You did not need words. You did not need anything. You did not need an explanation. Hell, you could see Mando's expressions without his helmet off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is amazing. I know. And I, all, all it did was make me so excited because it, it, it leaves so many things just kind of open-ended. It kind of leaves it at the point where we don't know what's going to happen between Bo-Katan and Mando because Bo-Katan wanted the sword. But of course, you know, like there has to be, she has to win it. There's no other way. And technically, Mando has it now. So technically, Mando is the leader of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. right? So like it's it was like inter- interesting place to leave it. Obviously, it just kind of ends there. It doesn't even like show you any any other conversations. It just ends there. We get another cutscene at the end where we see 
Boba Fett going to Jabba's hut or like some other job. It's like no, no, a no, different. It, it is. Person. It is. It is. Uh, it is Jabba the Hutt's um, yeah thing. But the person ruling. Did you recognize the dude? It's the guy I, from um, episode six, right? He was. He is from episode six. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, because he is. Um, I forgot his name. But again, you can see it's such a cool depiction of power. Bib Fortuna. Okay, his name is Bib, Bib Fortuna. And it's yeah, such a cool depiction of power that you can see how he's aged, but he's also gained so much weight because he's ruling all yeah, these people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Bib, it's, it's the same guy. So it's Bib Fortuna who's the one who, who, who meets uh, Luke in the beginning and then lets him in in episode six. Exactly, and then basically it's kind of setting up with is is uh, is Boba Fett, and um and what was uh, and Fennec Shan. It's basically it's kind of setting their own exactly. spin-off, which we know is technically happening. It's kind of setting yep. it up. They they put a mm-hmm. title at the end as well, just to they kind of did, let right? people know. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually like, put a title know, at the end. We already know Ahsoka Tano is going to get her own her own series of her own adventures on the side, and yeah. I f- I have a feeling Bo Katan is going to become a bigger part. So my okay, yeah. so predictions for season three, right? My yeah. prediction for season three, there's twofold. One, that they might focus all of season three on the man, on Din Djarin, his, um, his relationship or his, um, his dealings with Bo-Katan and all of that group and his dealings with Mandalore to figure out, figure out what to do with um, the Darksaber and what to do with what that means. Or it yeah. could just be him and Bo-Katan fighting over multiple episodes. But, I know exactly because now Grogu's yeah. gone. It's like what what happened? That was the whole point of the show was to see the relationship between Grogu and and and, and the Mandalorian. And now it's like, wait, what's no, but, what's gonna hold it over? <laughs> but yes, but yes, and no. Initially, the sold the show was sold to us as a show about this random Mandalorian living in this universe, uh, just doing what a Mandalorian does. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, given how important a role his role has now become. Can he just go back to do that, or does he have to do yeah. something else? Now, all right. So quickly, bring... quickly, we'll just go yes. over what you think about the the show about season two, and mm-hmm. quickly also what you want in season three, and we'll move on in the episode. I want I want Grogu back. Yeah, I know. Me I too. really me too. want Grogu back, and I yeah. want I want it to be a universe where this is so like. If you think about it, Luke and Ben didn't have the big falling out until Ben was probably in his like early teens or whatever, right? Yeah. When he had yeah. the whole prophecy. So that's all it 10, 12 years from when this happens. So yeah. there's obviously a universe where Luke trains this guy and lets him free to the world and then mm-hmm. starts his school to train other Jedi. So I would yeah. like to see the, the, the Mandalorian story interwoven with Grogu's story. Exactly. In Me saying too. that, Me too. I wouldn't be against season three being entirely about Mandalorian making or building his place in the world and realizing his place in the Mandalorian world before exactly. Grogu comes back in his life. So Grogu could be a season four thing. Exactly. On 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 a scale to episode one or to episode nine, how good was a uh, was a season two? Bloody hell! It was. It surpassed all of them. It surpassed so that, everything. So it's basically episode 10. You heard it here first. That was episode 10, The Mandalorian. There you go. Yes. And from that, we can move on, on to <laughs> stuff that we've been watching. Both of us love this show, but we will definitely talk about some other stuff that we've been watching. We've been watching some cool stuff, I think, in the past few weeks or so. I obviously want to start off. We'll, we'll dive more uh, more into this show uh, once you've got a chance to watch it. Um, mm. The big show that everyone's been talking about recently, WandaVision. 
Uh, yes. It's again Disney Plus show. So this is a Disney Plus episode. Since we are sponsored by Disney, we're not sponsored by Disney. But if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> please let us know. You can definitely sponsor us. But so this is a Disney Plus episode. WandaVision is a story about Wanda, Scarlet Witch, and Vision, who we've kind of seen since the age of Ultron, which is Marvel, you know, Marvel shows, Marvel movie, sorry. And basically, it's a story about them. And it, I like, don't, I just, I wouldn't describe it as a sitcom. Like, the way it's played out is mm-hmm. imagine a 50s sitcom, like, kind of like, kind of like Bewitched, like a 50s sitcom. And it is basically mixing comedy with hints of drama and hints of what the hell is actually happening in this world. And that's all I will leave it at. And I've watched, it's only two episodes are out so far. And it, it, it surprised me. I was going in thinking, why are we watching a sitcom? What the hell? This makes no sense. What is, what is happening? Why is this a comedy or whatever? But the way they have mixed comedy with, hey, what is actually happening in this world? Hey, maybe here's a hint as to what is actually happening. Like they, mm. they, the way they kind of put it in there was so well done that I came out of it excited to see what happens in episode three. Uh, Paul Bettany, of course, amazing. Elizabeth Olsen, mm. again, amazing. The acting and everything is really great. But this kind of leads into what I'm hoping will be happening with Marvel TV shows, you know, mm-hmm. be it uh, Loki or maybe Daredevil. Who knows? Hopefully, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hoping this is a good a step in the in the right direction for those mm-hmm. shows. So you haven't seen this yet. I I haven't seen it yet, and I think this yeah. is where I was. Um, I was hoping somebody else would have seen it, or you would have seen it, so you can tell me. Do I watch the first two episodes, or is it better for me to just wait? I would, this would be the first time I would say watch the first two episodes because the way episode two ends, it mm. sets up something for the other episodes that will be coming afterwards. Okay, okay. So it's, a, it's okay. a good thing to just kind of watch now and be like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess I'm going to wait for next week to see what's actually happening. Okay. I, I think I have to do that. And I, I, I saw it. And um, I just haven't had the chance to sort of put aside time because I don't want to be distracted. I want to actually watch the show um, with my full concentration in a way because yeah. I am excited. We haven't had Marvel for such a long time and I think I'm ready. Like I know we, we spoke on this on this podcast itself about having a little bit of Marvel fatigue at certain points yeah. to the point where it took me a while to even watch the last Spider-Man movie because it was just... If we were just coming down from the high, we were still coming down from the high from um, from Avengers Endgame. But yeah. this one I'm so ready for because I actually did really like the coupling of Wanda and Vision. Like, I think I really like this couple. And it was just so sad to see Vision end in a way in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. So, like, it does, yeah, you you you'll definitely want to watch this because I think this is for anyone that's been waiting for Marvel stuff because obviously we've been on pause in the world and uh, we haven't really had a lot of Marvel stuff out there. So this is a very good, easy way to ease ourselves into that universe. And it's just a good show. I think that's what I've realized. It was just a very good, interesting show. I will liken it to almost kind of like The Mandalorian, like the first couple of episodes where we're like, what is happening? What 
like you know the way the man Wade sets up and i would be surprised if john favreau had a hand in this as well because he's just everything he touches mm-hmm. turns into gold at this point so yeah. i will definitely yeah. say check out okay wandavision i have to do that and also staying with the disney plus theme i did watch the new movie that came out around christmas soul uh-huh with jamie fox with jamie fox and yeah. tina fey yes I I was excited by it. When I seen the trailer, I was so excited by it. And I really wanted to uh-huh. watch it. But I don't know. Like, I, I, it left me feeling like a Pixar movie always leaves you feeling. It's, it's how you feel at the end of Inside Out. Or how you left... Um, uh, what's the other main Pixar ones that are really, really popular? Even things like Coco, right? Coco, was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it was such, it, it's, it's such a good way. I mean... Pixar is amazing. I I, feel, I don't feel like they have, they get enough credit for this. Yeah, no, I know. I and think it's just because we've expected such amazing things from them since Wally and Toy Story and all that. That like after a while, people are like, ah, another Pixar movie, whatever. Just push it to the side. <laughs> but I almost feel like this was a this was a good enough movie that they should have. I mean, I don't know why Mulan got special treatment and special charges. But this one just got released on the on Disney Plus without any yeah. fanfare or without any exactly. Um, oh, you gotta pay this much or whatever to do it. When arguably, I would say this is a much better movie. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um, if you've not seen it, I think it's it's got such a good blend of of jazz music in it that you keep and there's so many like random Easter eggs. It's just a simple good watch. And I'm yeah. really glad that Pixar's continuing to do what Pixar does. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No, exactly. Have you I mean, seen this? Pixar, have, you've not seen this yet, have you? I, I haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen this yet. Uh, I definitely want to check this out because, yeah, like you're saying, kind of like I'm, I'm a big fan of Pixar movies in general. And at least more recently, you know, uh, like nothing from Pixar, you know, like to the, to like the same kind of uh, level of Toy Story 4 or anything like that has like, you know, really come out. Um, mm. Soul was gonna because like Pixar always does that. They have like sequels and they have like these new ideas, new concepts that they try. You know, same as same as stuff like Inside Out or mm. um, Wally. You know, and stuff or like Up. And like this was kind of like their new thing of like we're trying something new, but it's made by that same team. It, it looked really exciting. Uh, and I honestly thought you had to pay for it. I remember asking you about this at one point. I was like, oh, I'll wait for it when it's you know available for free. And, I, and then you were like, yeah. no, it's already available. I'm like, what? They didn't ask. They ask you to pay for Mulan, but not this. Yeah. <laughs> how did that? But Mulan that is happen? just a remake of something we already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And this is something so brand new, something so. And again, they've they've tackled the topic of death in such a simple way that yes, yeah. you can sit with kids and watch it. Yes, you even adults can just watch it. It's not. Yeah. Um, and Tina Fey is, is, I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever thought that she was a great voice actress or maybe we just haven't seen her in much, but yeah, again, no, exactly. such an amazing job in this. You've got some other throwbacks as well. You've got, um, not throwbacks actually, like you've got, oh, I forgot, I think her name is Rachel, Rachel, um, I will, I will get that Rachel House. This uh, mm-hmm. new, I think she's a Kiwi actress who you've seen in uh, Thor Ragnarok as well. Oh, okay, okay. So she's the assistant of the the Grandmaster, you know, the one who's like, uh, you should do this or whatever. And she's such a good voice actress. You've got Graham Norton. Again, not oh, somebody wow. you I thought would be um, that good. You've got yeah, people yeah. like Angela Bassett. You've got David Diggs. 
Oh wow, I love David Dix. He's also I mean, in in the uh, Snowpiercer show. I really like I like that actor. Really? Oh, I have to watch that. And talking about David yeah. Diggs, the best casting news I've heard in ever for Disney is the fact that he's going to play Sebastian in the Little Mermaid remake. Oh my I god! Cannot oh, wait. There's a for that. I no. cannot wait. Because that, that if you've seen if you've seen Hamilton, for me, there's obviously standouts, right? Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is a big standout, but the one yeah, of the Lin-Manuel, biggest standouts is is Dowie Diggs. The yeah. fact that mm-hmm. he does, he plays a French character in the first half, and then he goes to an American character in the second half, and he does it so <laughs> amazingly and fluently, and so, so um, it's just he's great. And I cannot <laughs> wait to see what he does with the character of Sebastian. Yeah, no, perfect. We're we're getting towards the end of the show, and before we end the show, I obviously just want to quickly talk about whatever 1984. Uh, save your money. Uh, just don't. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no. I was right. I was very disappointed as someone who's a, a very, very big DC Comics fan who is always championing DC Comics. I was mm. very disappointed by this film. Uh, I definitely think the reviewers and people that kind of put out reviews they, saying that it was like, you know, giving this really high reviews and whatever. Um, they kind of really uh, they 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 push our push our expectations to something that it was not. Like it, yeah. I honestly thought it was gonna be like a nine out of ten or ten out of ten movie the way people were talking about this. And it is not that. There's so many things that just don't work in this film. Uh, the plot is extremely basic, and I have read that apparently they did. Uh, they did ask for. I think Warner Brothers wanted the ending to change a little bit, or asked Patty Patty Jenkins to change the ending. Oh. Uh, so she had to change it here and there, whatever. But overall, it was just yeah, no, it was it was just not good. Unfortunately, it was not. It was way. It was just I was I don't even know I don't even have words because I was so disappointed. I was looking forward to this movie because I really like Wonder Woman, and this was like the first DC movie after Aquaman that was coming out that I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this will be another thing that propels it. Aquaman was awesome. Maybe this will kind of get people to come back to DC Comics, and it unfortunately did not do that. So that's my really quick minute review. I hope I hope you check it out as well so we can talk about this. I have to I have to check it out. Um. And from what you're saying, sounds like it's another DC Warner Brothers problem where the moment they poke their nose in, they mess it all up. And it's a consistent, consistent problem with them. The uh, the reason Wonder Woman, the first movie, was so amazing was because Patty Jenkins had the freedom to do what she wanted to do. Exactly. And um, I can't imagine that she would mess this up that badly. Uh, What you're saying is kind of what I've heard. If you ignore critics and all of those people, um, most most people who enjoy the first movie are coming out saying this was very, very disappointing. And exactly. that's kind of why I, I just haven't made the effort to go to the theaters and watch it because it's still in the theaters where I am. But yeah. um, I I have a feeling I might not bother and just wait for it to pop in on Disney Plus in a few months. Yeah, no, exactly. But not Disney Plus because uh, Warner Brothers. It's not Disney Plus. But like H- because, but HBO oh, Max. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I don't know why I <laughs> Oh, but yeah, crap. I mean, don't worry. We can we can leave it on that note with uh, don't watch Wonder Woman. And we will definitely talk about some other stuff like Ted Lasso, Tenet, stuff like that. We have like a bunch of stuff lined up. So please join us again next week when we'll be talking about some awesome stuff, hopefully stuff that we actually enjoyed, like The Mandalorian, uh, other shows. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Please email us at freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. That's freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you want to talk about something, some shows, movies, anything like that, and anything we can do to improve the show. If you have any suggestions, we are very open to any feedback. So thank you so much, Harvey. I will see you you next time. See ya. Bye.